This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. I consider Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory to be my arch nemesis. Even though I say this, I know we have one thing in common. That is, we both have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. For Grandpa Joe, that's because he is a bad person. For me, it's because I sleep on a mattress made by Novilla, today's sponsor. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced between $179 and $369. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Like I said, I personally sleep on a Novilla mattress, and it has done wonders for me. Throw out that cheap Walmart mattress you got in college and get yourself a mattress made by Novilla. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Become just like Grandpa Joe on a Novilla mattress today. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. A reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. What is going on, my fellow Schwoklords? I'm really hitting it hard with the fucking radio voice right now. Welcome to Cancel Sweezy. God damn it, I'm sounding like a radio. Well, no, it's like I want to sound somewhat like a radio personality. I want to have like a decent speaking voice, you know? But I never go, like if I was on the radio, I'd be like, well, welcome to the show today, folks. I am here today to bring you the news. I was listening to my mom. Uh, I was like... A long story, uh, which we'll be talking about more, but we haven't noticed uh, things. I was having to, I was helping my mom out, and I'm still helping my mom out a lot. Uh, and I was just getting gas in her car for her, you know, just normal. It's not a big deal. And uh, she likes to nonstop listen to Christian radio. And, you know, I was like listening to it, and uh, uh, something to do, just this is for all the technical people out there who don't know anything, who, who want to know. Who listen? Who you know? Maybe some people out there make their own podcast and they listen to mine. Um, you know, when you have an EQ on vocals, one of the main things uh, you like to do on vocals is there is a low end. There's a limit to the low end around 200, uh, around 200 hertz um, on your EQ that you like to like cut off a little bit because one, human voices can't get that low, at least especially my voice doesn't get that low, and so it's just recording those frequencies and so you just want to cut them. Uh, the Christian radio station my mom was listening to did not do that, which uh, I feel like is Radio 101, uh, putting a high-pass filter. Yeah, high-pass filter. I get high-pass and low-pass filters mixed up because high-pass is the low end, but low-pass filter is the high end. So, you know, it's all that it's all that weird moment joke, but they didn't do that, but... Uh, uh, you notice it on the radio if they don't do it because it's like really deep. Uh, you are listening to it with, um, with a high pass, high pass filter. I'm I'm gonna get those mixed up. If I did even get it wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, for all the fucking audio nerds out there who for some reason listen to my podcast, even though I have the proper degree, I just get it mixed up. But it, like when you see an EQ, I know which one to do. It's, it's that weird thing. Anyways, though, welcome to the show. This is Cancel Sweezy. For those of you who don't know, Cancel Sweezy, better known as the Lord's trademark 
favorite podcast. Thank you for so much for making it today. Uh, it's the Lord's favorite, Lord, sorry, the Lord's trademark favorite podcast, but it's also the only podcast reminding you that no girl ever wants to dance with a fool who went and ripped their pants. Just so you know, we're the only podcast out there reminding you that uh, that situation out there. So thank you so much for uh, checking that out. It. Thank you so much for everyone who was supportive of me not really making a new this is episode 74 cancel should episode 70 this should have been episode 75 the day i'm recording this but uh 74 uh, should have came out last week but i had to take the week off we did post something uh which i will get into later so there is another thing posted but it's kind of like old stuff but uh we didn't really necessarily have a new episode last week so i know a lot of people know and have been really supportive so thank you for that um Anyways, though, go check out my music on all the social, on all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Deezer, uh, wherever you get your music from. Uh, that's it right now. I'm working on music, so uh, uh, that, that's Stormin', but I do have EPs on there already that you should be checking out. You can also check me out on social media under the Shweezy uh, at everywhere. That's Instagram, where I post a lot. That's TikTok. That is Facebook. That is Twitter. I am tweeting occasionally. Um, including social media, I also want to include my Twitch, twitch.tv slash theshweezy. Um, obviously, I don't know why I'm promoting it this week. I am not streaming this week uh, because of reasons I will get into later, which uh, if you continue to listen to the podcast, uh, you will know why I'm not streaming this week. But it's still good to know. I still want to talk about the Twitch page. Uh, because uh, on Twitch, uh, subs- when you there's subs, subscribes, or whatever they call them, because uh, you can follow any creator for free. That's follow. You just get notified anytime they go streaming, which you obviously should do. That is a free thing that you should do, and uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't do that if you want to support me. But subs are basically the financial way you support someone over on Twitch, which uh, you need to. Why are you not supporting Daddy? Uh, or, you know, I haven't used the soundboard yet. Okay, I am slowly remembering how my soundboard works. Uh, after two, after a week off, uh, uh, or whatever. Um, no, uh, if you haven't, but the thing that why I'm trying to talk about subs, like you, if you obviously want to financially support me on Twitch, you obviously can. That's that's no problem. I will love you forever. But if you have an Amazon Prime account, which I know a majority of people in this world do, why is Jeff Bezos so rich? If you don't already have an Amazon Prime account, Amazon owns Twitch, so connecting the two accounts gives you one it gives you a Twitch Prime account, which allows you to give a sub or subscribe or however you want to call it to one creator a month, which is usually a five dollar deal but is one free to you every month uh so why not support daddy that's a great way to help us support the show uh and uh, a great because if you don't use it jeff bezos just gets another five dollars so why are you doing that come on mark don't be stingy um so yeah i always always thought that's weird so i'm like everyone support me on twitch even if you don't watch the streams like support me on twitch you know uh, that's how it is. So uh, make sure you remember. Just remember that it's just a great way to support someone. You know, obviously, I mean, you're already getting Amazon Prime, so why are you not? You know, support support me. That's what you have to do. Uh, if you also want to support me uh, and not include video games, uh, you can always check out the Patreon page. Our Patreon page is a great way to financially support me and everything I'm doing uh, and everything I'm trying to do and everything I will be continuing to do in the future. Uh, I, mean, I know a lot of people think Patreon is just for the podcast. 
No, the Patreon, I mean, this is a one-man operation right now. Like I'm saying, uh, I know a lot of bigger podcasts, like if they have, uh, like, you know, personal problems or a personal emergency type of situation, like they're still kind of able to get a podcast out because you, they figure out a time and do that, and there's a team. Uh, everything I do right now is a one-man operation, and if not, it, I have to hire out people. So uh, Patreon is a great way to just financially support, and it does financially support me and what I'm doing and everything. So thank you so much. Uh, for that. It, it literally is the best way to say thank you for being a friend. Of course, there are other ways to say thank you for being a friend, which are free. Obviously, uh, if you're checking out this show on YouTube, which we are on YouTube, I know, I know, I know, I, keep, I say this every week, but a majority of our audience is audio only. And it's, it's, it's weird because like, I'm like, I'm trying to advertise up the video uh, portion of this podcast, but also it's like, oh, I don't want to ruin my audio only listening you know it's that it's that gray area but also you know we, we are on youtube so um mainly what i want to tell uh obviously for the people who listen audio only is obviously if we talk about something we do post segment we do post like maj- all of our good segments of or on the youtube page and it's just shorter versions of that so it's a great way to share with your friends just to say hey go check this out i love this podcast this guy's hilarious i mean like Obviously, you're going to say that. I obviously know already you're going to say I'm the, most, I'm the funniest person on earth. Um, and uh, you should check out what he was talking about here. And, you know, that's just like the easiest way of, you know, helping me grow. Like, I mean, I'm talking about free shit right now. Sharing that with your friends is an easy way to do so. But obviously, like our episodes or highlights or anything like that and subscribe to the channel. Uh, you know, we post our full episodes, but we also post the highlights and the highlights um, – especially I would say are the most important part of at least the YouTube portion of our show. I mean, like I obviously want to make sure we do a good job on just like the full episode for anyone who wants to just straight up listen to the full episodes on YouTube. I know like YouTube is a good platform for podcasting because like, you know, uh, I think my mom, uh, our recent episode of our, the best of Papa Shwee we posted last week, I know a lot of my mom's and dad's friends are super interested in that, and that's really been, uh, it's a great way to help them. I had to, like, show my 80-something-year-old 80 aunt how to use it today. So, uh, yeah, uh, obviously, I know a lot of you are audio-only, and the majority of people listening to this segment are audio-only listeners, so I want you to leave us a review. I know it sounds like it is uh, nothing to you. I know some people have just put lyrics to a song, uh, in there, and it's great. And like anything you do, be- good or bad, really helps support the show. So I just want you to know if you just want to support the show for free, really help us out. Uh, give us a review, give us a star rating, whatever you want to give us. Uh, those are all great ways. Everything I listened above are great ways to help us. Uh, what we do, help us support the show, and uh, help us infiltrate algorithms. Because at the end of the day, all we're really trying to do is infiltrate algorithms. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Uh, and you know, everyone, thank everyone who listens to this far. We, I guess I've never admitted this, but we kind of have to get past the YouTube censors. And that's why, uh, I go over all the thank you and like check out everything stuff before. But anyways, though, um, let's just get right into it. As Phil DeFranco would say, let's just jump into it. Um, let's get into your previous week right now. Previous week right now, uh, initially and always usually is, uh, me going over the news of the previous week at the current time frame, which is right now. Um, but however, this week is a little different because, like I said, we did not have an official episode last week. And uh, when things happened, uh, 
uh, which I will get into later. So I'm just like telling you, you got to keep checking out the podcast. Um, we, I wasn't able to do it, but I had a full episode ready. I had, you know, this episode is uh, very loosely scripted of how I have everything I'm planning to talk about on, you know, on my script type of thing. And uh, I go over it. So uh, this is a previous week right now. Some of it maybe two weeks. So previous, previous week right now. Maybe we could call the segment that. Previous, previous week right now. So, um, like I said, as Phil DeFranco would say. Let's just jump into it. Okay. Fortnite player reaches level 470 without glitches. This is from GG Recon or Recon Recon. Um, what? Uh, uh, it's a new season and a new battle pass to chug through. It's us versus the Imagined Order in Chapter Three, Season Two. But more than ever, people are complaining about the grind of the battle passes. With any season of Fortnite, uh, we're jumping off the battle bus and into action. But this time around, it's another Marvel season as we try to unlock the likes of Prowler and Doctor Strange with thousands of XP until we can unlock the final page of the battle pass and reach Doc. It might feel like the Sorcerer Supreme is in a whole dimension of his own. Someone has found an easy way to grind their way to the top, with someone reaching level 470 in a matter of weeks. Although an unfortunately timed war theme season of Fortnite has raised a few eyebrows, Epic Games has at least donated a small fortune to humanitarian aid for Ukraine. The revamp has pulled us back in, and coupling a new theme with no building means there's a reinvigorated player base rattling through the battle pass if you want to earn more quick xp it turns out it's easier than you might think fortnite fans loot station is known for their battle pass grind and now he's known to show you how you can also earn a ton of xp with ease on april 5 loot station shared a video proving he's reached level 470 and cleared the battle pass alongside all bonuses rewards loot station claims he doesn't make use of some of the xp glitches you might find floating around even more impressively says they have other commitments to school this isn't Loot Station's first rodeo with them smashing their own record back in Chapter 2, Season 8. Sure, their 470 might be wild, but back then he hit level 2,000. Could they really try and top their own record this time around? So what's his trick? According to Loot Station, the Imposters LTM is where he's farming. The Sweet Fortnite XP more than just winning Imposters. Loot Station makes it his mission to complete the most XP task possible. After this, he uses his alt account to in the lobby to help things along. A lot of fan bases were impressed by Loot Station's leveling. However, others suggest he needs to go outside and touch grass. Uh. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting article. Um, it didn't really give you more. It just said, like, he... I mean, I, okay, I get he had another person in. And I guess he was doing duos or whatever and was, like, attempting to... Uh, complete, you know, missions or whatever, and then if you have someone else in your lobby, uh, necessarily what would happen is that they, um, you know, the idea of what happens is they, uh, uh, you, you, if you do their missions, you get XP as well as them. So um, that's the trick they're doing, but then they're also, but yeah, 470, that's, that's a major sign. Uh, that you should go outside and touch grass. Maybe talk to women. Do you do you know a woman, Loot Station? Is that your name? Do you know a single woman? Uh, because what I will tell you is you should try and talk to one. 
I, uh, more than I know. He's like, yeah, he has a wife and kid. And like, you don't reach level 470 with the wife and kids. That's just impossible. I've reached maybe level 200 something. And that's because I was depressed. And uh, don't worry. Don't worry about me. I'm preparing to go to therapy. Don't worry about me. Um, but, uh, whew, uh, but yeah, like this four, 470 in like the season's not even over. I'm telling you 200 something throughout the entire season. Like that's me still working, doing a podcast. Uh, I was still during quarantine, so I wasn't doing music. That's also, but it was like Twitch and shit like that. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, 470 is a big one, and, and this this should have done better with describing the trick. Um, minus the having an alt account in the lobby um, with you, and then they maybe die, and then you're like, you got points from this guy. Oh, did it do it? Did it do? Whoop! Uh, uh, anyways, though, I'm gonna move on. Uh, Nintendo walked right into porn when promoting Switch Sports from Kotaku. If you've been bowling, there's a good chance you've seen those corny 3D animations that unfold whenever you get a strike, spare, split, or miss the pins outright. These 90s relics are having a bit of a horny renaissance right now, thanks to an artist who recently posted a salacious bowling animation that has yet has set the internet on fire, and fortunately for Nintendo, which is currently trying to advertise the bowling minigame in its upcoming sequel to Wii Sports, this viral trend couldn't be happening at a worse time. But the dumpster fire currently plaguing Nintendo's marketing campaign didn't start in horny jail. Initially, modern GIF renditions of old-school bowling animations came back in vogue around 2021 by a blunder artist who goes by Wireframe Z. The bowling animations that inspired Wireframe Z's were quirky and unsettling, but never really abhorrent or salacious until some parodies of the bowling gifts started popping up in 2019 and 2021, including one of Jesus getting crucified by two split bowling pins. <laughs> that didn't need the laugh track. I don't know why I pressed that. Uh, until some parodies... <laughs> Oh my god. Wireframe Z then posted his own version of the 1990s bowling animation in November 2021 of a ball <laughs> ejaculating all over a set of pins to <laughs> score a strike. Fast forward to this past April Fool's Day, which saw Wireframe Z share another bowling gift that's way hornier than the first one, trust me. Click that link. <laughs> I'm not describing it in any detail lest I die typing this blog, but suffice it to say the April Fool's bowling animation was a whopping 72.5k likes on Twitter, so a ton of people have seen it. Uh, that leads to Nintendo of Europe's April 5th tweet in which the company is mining its business advertising the upcoming Switch Sports, the tweet itself is harmless. The 15-second Nintendo clip shows various ways the game bowling runaway can trick you with slow-moving walls or bars that raise from the floor. It's not until the end of the bowler finally scores a strike. You think the replies to something this benign would be normal, but because of the timing, Wireframe Z's porn gifts thrust their way into the replies of the tweet. You won't see the porn at first because Twitter has them under hidden replies, but nearly 
every reply under the original video is remarking on the sex regardless. YFRMZ told Kotaku over Twitter message that he always thought bullying animations were really funny and found them hardest part about making his own was getting the comedic timing right. Ending up on a Nintendo tweet was the last thing I would have expected, especially considering my regular content. YFRMZ said referring to extremely pornographic depictions of Super Mario Anthropomorphs. He normally creates... Uh, the irony of the whole situation is hilarious, especially considering the pinned comment wasn't the one people were seeing. It shocked a lot of people when they found out there was another animation. Uh, I don't know who would have expected to see porn flood dimensions of a Nintendo of Europe tweet and not even good porn. It's just strange. I understand the satisfaction that comes with getting a strike, but I'm not sure it compares to the same feeling you get after releasing the sexual tension. I think people just like to see funny stuff that's shocking, but still retweetable, where Frenzy said, uh, I'm sure tons of people would be just as shocked or more by the stuff I normally produce, but is it somewhere near, nowhere near as retweetable or relatable? Bowling is super relatable, and everyone has that experience of looking up at the screen and being confused as shit. Kotaku has reached out to Nintendo for comment. That's a fucking whirlwind, bro. Bro, how does it lead? How does it lead to that? I mean, like, I think I, I mean, like, I went to a bowling alley. Was it Donaldson, Tennessee? My friends will fucking tell me. And they're like, cause they, one of them lives in like Hermitage, and we had to go to like Donaldson to a Donaldson, Tennessee, to a bowling alley for a friend's birthday. I'm like, why the hell are we going to Donaldson? And I'm like, we could just stay in Nashville, or some shit. Um, but we didn't, and. uh and uh, this is the stuff that we saw on the bowling alley uh, screen. And, uh, yeah, um, I, I sent them one. I've seen some of these. That's the sad part. I've seen some that was uh, Anakin Skywalker murdering younglings. Anakin Skywalker being the bowling ball and the younglings being the pins. And that's the, that's the strike animation uh, that I saw at uh, that time of time, time of place. And uh, you don't ever really recover from that. Uh, yeah, that was the bowling alley. I was like, I would like a pitcher of like this beer. And so I was like, I'm going to get a pitcher for myself. And uh, that's it. And then they gave me a bunch of bottles of beer. And I'm like, I guess I'm... And then friends started taking some. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm sharing this with fucking friends. <laughs> uh, anyways, though. Um, um, all I have to say is... Congratulations. You played yourself. All right. Uh, god damn it, bro. Um, this is from Tone Deaf. All that remains, singer says MGK plagiarized Paramore on new song. All the remains frontman Phil Labonte has called out the similarities between Machine Gun Kelly's new song, Maybe, and hit song, Misery Business by Paramore. So, Machine Gun Kelly and Travis Barker be stealing from Paramore too, huh? Dan Labonte posted on his Twitter account. The singer is seemingly refer referencing Machine Gun Kelly's new song, Maybe, as Travis Barker appears on it as a featured artist. Labonte isn't the first person to draw comparisons between the two tracks. Maybe has been compared to the iconic Paramore pop anthem across social media in 
recent weeks. So everyone jumped on Olivia Rodrigo for sounding like Paramount, but MGK literally ripped off Misery Business riff and chorus without giving credit and cricket emoji. One other user wrote on Twitter, however, it seems that some of Lamonte's followers don't agree with the similarities that he called out between the two songs and his tweet. Yes, every four-chord pop-punk song counts as plagiarism now. See you motherfuckers in court, wrote one user. Another wrote, they are credited. It's an official interpolation. Uh, however, no official interpolation has been publicly confirmed between Paramore and MGK at the time of writing. The accusations come after Olivia Rodrigo's Good For You track was played alongside Paramore's 2007 hit Misery Business. The similarities between the two songs were obvious, and Rodrigo was forced to add Paramore's Haley Williams and Josh Farrow Joshua Farrow as co-writers. Uh, the move entitled Williams and Farrow to half of Good For You's royalties, although it is believed they were in contact with Rodrigo prior to the track's release. Okay. Uh, so, I've had a lot to... I've actually been thinking about this a lot. So, like, I, the memes came out uh, between the two uh, very early on. So, I, I, you know, I've listened to the song. I like the song. I don't think it's a bad song. I don't think it's the best song on the record, though. I don't, I don't think they should have made it, like, a single. I think it was because they had, like, Bring Me to the Horizon on the track that made it... Uh, like, they're like, okay, these guys are big. Um, let's make this a single. Um, but here, here's the thing. Um, as much as, see, with Olivia Rodrigo's Good For You, I'm like, I get the similarities. However, I don't think they necessarily ripped Paramore off. Now, with Maybe by MGK, now, I kind of get, uh, how they ripped them off. There's a lot of similarities. However, I'm kind of... I kind of don't think, uh, in regards to, like, what counts as copyright infringement, uh, they necessarily could have a case. So, um, what you kind of have, uh, basically, I think what it requires, I'm trying to just remember what you don't do in music. So, lyrics, lyrics and melody, melody lyrics and stuff like that, big time. If you, if you rip that off. Uh, you're kind of fucked. Just be like, let's sell out of court. We'll give you some money. You and your credit on the song. Now. So you get royalties from that. That's kind of the easy way if you know vocally. However, um, with maybe by MGK, uh, I mean Olivia Rodrigo. It was mel. There was melody involved. So melody. If it's a melody involved, that's a big thing. Uh, however, with maybe by MGK with uh, Bring Me to the Horizon, I think what they had. Uh, the biggest thing people are claiming was a ripoff was music, which makes things a lot harder because I don't think in any way that that song has any melody, anything close to a similar melody to Misery Business. So uh, you have to go on music, and then when you go into music, you have to think about what specific musical elements did they rip off. So you have like kind of a part two to the chorus with staccatos and MGK's like, I'm ready to let you go, ready to let you go, but, uh, and blah, 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 blah. And then the second half of Misery Business has that same, but the, it's it's music, and so it's not melody. So what is the similarity of why you're thinking this is ripoff? It's staccato, I want to say eighth notes, depending on how you interpret the time signature of the song, if you consider it halftime or... Um, or if you consider halftime or whole time, or whatever, um, you got that. Um, 
and then maybe you have like tempo maybe um you could have similar chord changes too i haven't really necessarily checked that out they do sound similar too but chord changes are not copyright that's the thing uh chord changes are not copyright um staccato eighth notes are not part of copyright because you anyone can have this copyright even kind of similarities in arrangement unless there's a specific musical melody that Paramore made up because Paramore did not create staccato eighth notes uh that's the real question here so I mean th- th- this is going to be really debatable I don't know if necessarily you know I love Paramore, like Paramore is one of my favorite bands, and I've been really enjoying the new MGK album too. And so I'm not like I'm necessarily not taking sides on this one. I'm just trying to think of was did someone copy the other person? Obviously, the answer is yes. There, the, you know, like um, obviously MGK they did a cover of Paramore's uh, Misery Business back in the day, and I don't think it's a good cover. I like MGK. I don't think it's a good cover. Um, mainly, if you want to know my opinion, it's that, whoa, I never meant to brag. Because it's a guess you have to scoop into the note. Whoa. And stuff like that. And, you know, um, if you can't do it right, um, like MGK didn't do, um, Autotune is not going to fix that problem. So his version is, whoa, I never meant to brag. Instead of, whoa, I never meant to brag. And so you notice that. And now I've ruined that cover for you. If you did enjoy it, um, you can, you can notice the Autotune in that now because Autotune wouldn't be able to, Autotune can't really fix scooping notes. Um, unless you're really good at, uh, Melodyne. Um, but yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know. That, those are just some like just some basic thoughts on uh, on that that I have. So um, everyone else, uh, leave us a comment. Uh, tell us your thoughts because I'd be interested in here. Um, if you do think that maybe by MGK and Bring Me to the Horizon is a ripoff, because I, I'm super interested in what you have to think about that. Last article we have for the day from NPR: Florida rejects 54 math books, claiming critical race theory appeared in some. Uh, the Florida Education Department has rejected 54 mathematics textbooks from its K-12 curriculum, citing reasons spanning the inclusion of critical race theory to common core learning concepts. Uh, the rejected books make up a record 41% of the 132 books submitted for review, the Florida Department of Education said in a statement. Of them, 28 were rejected because they incorporated prohibited topics of unsolicited strategies, including critical race theory. Uh, The statement said, critical race theory has been described by scholars as an examination of racism and its impact through systems such as legal housing and education. However, it's typically not taught in K-12. 12 books were rejected because they did not meet Florida's benchmark standards, while 14 books were rejected because they both included prohibited topics and failed to meet curriculum standards. The names of rejected books were not included. Uh, some Florida Democrats voiced their opposition to the move on Twitter. Education at Education FL just announced they they are banning dozens of math textbooks they claim indoctrinate students with CRT. Said Senate House Rep Carlos Smith. They won't tell us what they are or what they say because it's a lie. Hashtag DeSantis has turned our classrooms into political battlefields, and this is just the beginning. Apparently, CRT is being taught in mathematics in Florida, so the at Education FL has banned some of the math books. No, this is not 1963, it's 2022. In the free state of Florida, said State Senate Chevron Jones. Uh, state House member Anna Escamani said, I get it, the goal of math is to solve problems with the Republican Party of Florida doesn't like to do. 
Among grade levels, 70% of the math materials for kindergarten through fifth grades were rejected. 20% of the materials for grades 6 through 8 were rejected, and 35% of the materials for grades 9 through 12 were rejected. It seems that some publishers attempted to slap a coat of paint on an old house built of the foundation of Common Core in indoctrinating concepts like race, essentialism, especially bizarrely for elementary school students, said Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. In 2020, DeSantis removed Common Core concepts, a group of national academic targets in reading and math from the state's curriculum. They were replaced by the benchmarks for excellent students thinking uh, or best standards also dedicated to reading and math. In 2021, DeSantis banned the teaching of critical race theory, which he described as the theory that racism is not merely the product of prejudice, but that racism is embedded in American society and its legal system in order to uphold the supremacy of white person. So, um... Congratulations. You played yourself. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm just on the, I'm on the mindset that um, you you can't be against critical race theory unless you actually understand what the fuck it's about. Uh, because people are like, I'm against critical race theory. And I'm like, what is critical race theory? Like, I don't fucking know. Uh, it's about me not being racist, trying to make people not racist anymore. And I'm against that. I'm like, okay, that's the problem. You know, uh, you go to a Mexican restaurant, but for some reason you hate Mexicans. I don't understand uh, how you exist in our world. Um... And, I don't know, to be honest, I feel like, can education just exist for the liberals and then y'all conservatives can just start homeschooling your uh, R-worded kids? And uh, you can choose if that means the regular R-word or Republican. Um, that's up to you. I'm going to let you decide that. But, uh, I don't know, It's and you're fucking stupid if you think math books are uh, trying to make your kids not racist because, um, I, I don't know, I don't know if you've read a math book. Um, I haven't in a very long time, but I very much know that, um, any word problems in there are fucking ridiculous, and sometimes they talk about shapes, so, um, I don't know, can people in Florida, I don't know, people who listen in Florida, can you vote this fucking R word out, um, because you very much need to get him out, that's all I have to say. Did you know that 40% of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten? I did, and I don't think that is very cash money considering $218 billion is the exact dollar amount being thrown away. But now, I know you're asking yourself, what can I do to help? Well, today's sponsor, Imperfect Foods, is here to solve that problem. Imperfect Foods is helping to prevent food waste, and so far, their customers have saved 139 million pounds of food. They're affordable and convenient, making sustainability more accessible. What I love most is that they meet a lot of different dietary needs. In moments I'm stingy with my diet, I always go full throttle on a low-carb diet. They can even hook you up if you're vegan or vegetarian as well. Here's the best part. When you sign up using the link in the description, you get an $80 credit. Holy guacamole from the avocados you can get from Imperfect Food. That is an incredible deal that you should be taking advantage of. So sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Help stop food waste and get an $80 credit. Remember, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. You all know that I'm built different, but I bet you are coming to me to learn how to be built different as well. 
The only way to be built different is to get yourself some supplements from today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So I guess it's time to talk about this. And uh, I, you know, it feels weird, like, you know, because a lot of the point of this podcast is for, you know, to monetize me saying stupid shit but then like real shit happens in your life you know and and you're like you don't know what to do because i want to talk about this on the show but and you know i want to make it a highlight and you know share it in the in the you know with my dad's friends and everything uh but then it feels like you're trying to make money off of uh this but uh recently if you if you haven't checked out uh recently i posted um, on the YouTube page and on like wherever you listen to podcasts, it's a uh, best of Papa Schwag. And I started off the the whole thing talking about my dad passing away, and yeah, so Papa Schwag recently passed away. It's just it, it's so bizarre to me, uh, you know, just like thinking about it, uh, because like the the thing is, he was just like so healthy and so. Uh, for those of you who saw Parents Alive, like, you kind of, there, there is something, like, I'm, you know, I'm 28 and a half, I guess, uh, to be, uh, respectable, but, uh, you know, I'm getting close to 30, and, you know, obviously, when you get close to 30, uh, you, you get this point, it's like, my parents aren't gonna live forever, and, uh, you kind of have to, like, um, you know, you're kind of waiting for, uh, like, you know, a health issue to arise and stuff like that. And uh, that was the problem with my parents. They're both super healthy. Uh, and even up to his death, he was, I mean, for the most part. Uh, I'll get that back to that in a little bit. But um, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to continue. I'll probably still promote it. Um, my dad was on my former podcast, The Schwedcast, and, uh for the most part. And I think he, I think he may have trickled over into Cancel Shweezy a little bit. Yeah, but uh, I had like three-plus hours recordings of just like – him talking, you know, um, and, you know, it, it was fun, uh, no, I'm like, I'm telling you, like, uh, he loves public speaking, he loved public speaking, uh, he did a lot of things, but he loved public speaking, like, he would do sermons at church, and, like, at his church, and, uh, you know, he, he taught a class, like, he taught a, a class, and you know how you think, like, your high school teacher's like, oh, the history teacher, he's just, like, a coach, and, like, he's just teaching history because it's, like, the easy subject or whatever. But, like, that was so much different. Like, my dad liked coaching, but he loved teaching. And, like, he's being remembered as a coach. Most part because, like, he, he you know, like, in, in regards to coaching, like, he, he became, like, a coach. He was, like, a great coach and everything. According to all his students who have been telling me how much they love my dad. You know, everyone's been reaching out to me right now. But, like, he... He he was a great coach, but like he loved talking. Uh he he absolutely loved 
talking and, uh, uh, you know, doing sermons is great. Teaching is like, if you love talking, I think teaching is your, is a great profession. It's like, but you also have to have that passion for like helping people become better than they are. But my dad like absolutely loved that. So it's, it's always weird. Like, you know, getting to talk to him on like, you know, have three hours of recordings of my dad talking. Uh, like he, he absolutely, uh, loved talking. He loved, you know, um, I would like, you know, Christmas time, I'd love to just, you know, when I was around my family, like, I'd love to just, I like, I like forcing podcasts on people and forcing them to talk to me. Uh, you know, like mom was like, uh, my brother did it once and he was like, I'm never doing that again. But my dad was like, I'm down. You know, he, you know, I don't think he, he didn't act, act, uh, so like enthusiastic about it, but he, he was always down to like podcast and he, he, you know, he, he just had that in, I guess he like, you know, like they wanted to like some radio station at the college he coached at, you know, they wanted to talk to the coach and like, uh, the radio station was just like a talk show, like, nor- like most podcasts are now, but like, you know, radio used to be what podcasts were. And so like they would, you know, they just like chat and stuff like that. And they're like, you can stick around if you want to. And my dad's like, okay. Uh, he, he loved talking, uh. Uh, you may not have known it, but I think he liked being the center of attention. I think that's where I probably got that problem from. Uh, wanting to be the center of attention is a problem, and I think it's inherited because that was my dad, and uh, that is now me. I love being the center of attention. A little bit less than when I was a kid. I think music really like numbed that for me. I think my dad figured that out with teaching and coaching. You know, I think that really helped him out with that. But um, but no, go check out. Uh, as, as long as that rant was, go check out, uh, Papa Schweg on, uh, it's, it's called the best of Papa Schweg. It's wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, and on YouTube, uh, for those of on YouTube, like I know my mom shares with people and it's easier for the boomers to share that shit. But, uh, and also for my dad's friends who are listening to me talk about my dad, I do cuss a lot, so I'm sorry if that makes you upset. <laughs> So just hopefully you deal with it. Um, but I love my dad. So you have to stick with him if you love my dad too. That's the rule. That's what, that's what we're going with. Um, but you know, go check out that. It's like, I was lucky you got three hours of it and it was, it was really life changing for me, you know, getting to talk about that because like, it was my dad saying like, you know, me and your mom, we just, we really did the best we could, you know, with you. And I'm like, okay. And, like, you know, like, any problems I have with my dad. Like, look, and people are like, do you hate your dad? I'm like, well, I got on antidepressants. I desperately needed to get on antidepressants when I was probably 15. But I got on them when I was 21, hitting 22. And uh, so I tell anyone that don't don't take anything I said before I got on antidepressants on record. Because it was just really not the me I wanted to be. Once I got on antidepressants, I think that was the me I needed to be. Uh, but anyways, though, it, it was fun. You know, like, I think that's the main thing I would take out of those three hours is my dad and my mom saying, you know, we always, you know, we weren't the best, but we tried the best we could. And so that was that was always really meaningful to me. Like, I, I think that's on, like, the first time I ever pressed record on us talking. So, I mean, I mean, that's... Uh, and if I start crying, uh, you cannot call me gay. I'm going to say no homo. So you cannot call me gay. Um, another thing I want to, you know, I want to talk about. Uh, people will tell you there's like nothing prepares you for your parents dying. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. I agree with you. 
And then it happens to you, and, uh... Congratulations. You played yourself. That was not the one I wanted. That's rough, buddy. That was the one I wanted. Uh, nothing. I'm telling you, nothing can prepare you. Like, you can think. In my mind, you know, I was telling you earlier on the show, I was like, I was thinking, like, okay, uh, whenever mom and dad's health gets bad, you kind of just have to mentally prepare for them to get going. And, uh, you know, like that. You, you try, you think in your head, like, at, you know, if you're lucky enough to get to be a little bit older like I am and to think like, oh, my parents are going to die one day. Um, you know, obviously, like, you know, I'm trying to think here, like, oh, nothing. And I'm like 20 and a half, and I expected, you know, the health of my dad. And, like, he was always very, he was always a very healthy guy. He he was like, the worst thing I do is drink, like, maybe two Dr. Peppers a day. And I'm like, you know, it's a lot of sugar, but, like, he's still a very, he was a very skinny guy. Um, and stuff like that. So like, and you know, and you're going to hear this. I know. So I'm going to talk to you. I'm talking to everyone here. Uh, Some of you have lost a parent or uh, all your parents. And some of you have not lost a single parent yet. And, you know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you nothing prepares you for losing your parents. And you're like, that makes sense. I'll take that to my heart. And then it happens to you. And you're like, well, Shweezy was right. And, uh, so I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm always right. But like, you know, I heard that before about other people and I'm like, oh my God. And then it happens to you and you're like, nothing. There's no way to just prep for it. Like you can't prep. And I even think about people like on parents on like in, in a different situation. I'm like, I cannot believe nothing will prepare you for a parent dying. And I'm sorry for those of you who feel a little bit emotional about that, but I wish there was an easier way to tell you, but like, luckily, you know, that helped me a little bit better more hearing other people say it, you know, in the past than it is right now. So, uh, but you know, I obviously I miss my dad already and stuff like that, but let me talk more. Um, I guess a lot of people are wanting to know how he passed away so quickly. Um, I text, I messaged a lot of my like close friends, but I guess, uh, I'm trying to keep, I want to keep things a little bit, you know, I'm trying to make sure I don't cross that line of like things family doesn't need to know or not family, but like the public doesn't need to know. But like also, um, like I don't want to be honest, you know, know what's going on. Nothing, none, nothing like none of this is like an embarrassing type of situation. So, uh, so I'm, I may be a little bit censored in what I say, but I do moving forward a little bit on, uh, what happened, but I just want to let you know that I'm not trying to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be super deceitful. I just want to respect the privacy of my family. Uh, he died of uh, prions, P-R-I-O-N-S. Prions is how I'm pronouncing it. It's probably a better pronunciation, but I, I don't know. Um, I'll just read you what Wikipedia says about it. Prions are misfolded proteins with the ability to transmit their misfolded shape onto normal variants of the same protein. They characterize several fatal and transmittable uh, neurodivergent disease in humans and many other animals. Uh, so basically like that. Uh, some people call it like mad cow disease. Um, I think the diagnosis we kind of thought is like when my dad was a kid just goofing around hunting with my dad, my grandpa. And, like, they shot a really random wild animal. He ate that. And he, like, the protein entered his body, laid dormant until, like, a month ago. And then he, and then everything kind of happened from there. It was fucking, it was fucking crazy because, like, 
a month ago. I think I talked about it on the show. Like I thought we thought he just had like a minor stroke that was having some complications with seizures. And so like we're taking the physical therapy and the physical therapist is like, you need to go back to the hospital. And we took him back to the hospital and he just kept getting worse and worse. And eventually after thousands of like tests, they figured out the prions uh, were in his body. And uh, prions is, uh, you know, it, it, it's just a super rare disease. Uh, the RN, which stands for registered nurse, not uh, real inward uh, for some of the woke people out there um she's been working since like 1997 as a nurse or registered nurse not the other one i was telling you about she started in 1997 and she said in her time working which i have to imagine if you've been working since 1997 that's at least 20 plus years uh she's only had two this is the second case of this she's seen uh it's super rare uh and only 300 people are diagnosed with this every year maybe and 300 is, like, the max, and so, like, some years is probably a lot lower, and usually most of the time it's probably a lot lower. Um, and it, it's just, like, you know, and you think, oh, 300 people, that's a lot. And like, no, it's not when it comes to diseases. Uh, look at how many people died of COVID this year alone. Uh, and uh, it, it's just such a low, like, this is more rare than COVID, and uh, there is no cure. It's just so rare there's no cure, and, like, once we heard that news, I heard that news last Monday, that's why we had to cancel uh the last week's podcast because uh we learned there's no cure he was already on live support and in an induced coma at that point and like we you learn like i just get a call at 10 a.m it's like well they figured out dad was diagnosed with this and uh there is uh n there's no cure for it and he is going to die he's not gonna make it and you're like okay and i don't know how to act on the phone so i hang up and i'm like I've been going, you know, I've been going through every existential dread, every kind of, like, I don't know, like, every, was it, the stages of grief or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how to function. Like, I mean, you know, I grew up where it's like, men don't cry and shit like that, you know? Like, you don't know what, to, what you're allowed to do. And you're like, gotta stay strong. Like, my mom's doing hard. And, like, you don't, I, like, I didn't know what to do. Uh, but I'm like, I'm like, you can go up to the hospital with us. And once I learned that, I'm like, okay, I'm coming up right now. Like, I'll do that. I'm like, you just, no, no, Like, I, like I, I just mentioned, like, no one prepares you for the death of a parent. Like, nothing can prepare you for it. And you think, like, well, I'll mentally be ready. And you're like, no, you fucking won't. Even, like, if you know for a while your parent's going to die, like, you do not. Like, we had a couple days, like, we could have kept him alive, like, as long as we wanted to on an induced coma. Uh, but even that is like, Jesus. So like uh, prions or prions or however you want to pronounce it. Like I'm just going to call them prions because that's easiest for my Kansas, Kansas trash mouth to pronounce. Um, it's like that. Like it's just, it's just a super rare disease. Um, so like, I also want to say, you know, like my dad, wasn't like so with prions i guess you you are not allowed to be an organ donor because uh for the most part if you are diagnosed with that like if you if your organs go into someone else uh that person will get prions too and uh which is unfortunate because i feel like other than that my dad was like a super healthy guy like probably more healthy than i am at 28 because i'm like well i'm kind of fat and, uh, well, I'm pretty fat. And, uh, like, my right kidney can sometimes have a lot of pain if I drink way too much. And it's an excessive amount, let's be honest. 
Um, so, you know, like, you know, I'm like, I'm an organ donor, and then, like, that happens or whatever. Um, so, like, basically, he can't be an organ donor, but uh, we wanted, like, they're like, well, he can donate a little, like, a sample of his brain uh, to a research facility in Cleveland that studies this stuff, and maybe one day with his sample, they can't find a cure. And we're like, well, if since Dad wanted to be an organ donor, like, me, everyone agreed in the family who, who got to have that decision. We're like, well, we want, he wanted to be an organ donor, and I think he would have loved that to happen. But then also, my mom was freaking about, about all the logistics because they didn't know, like, his body has to go to Cleveland or whatever, and we wanted him to have an open casket funeral. But luckily, things worked out where we have to send him to, like, southern Missouri to get the sample, where he's probably at right now as I'm recording this. And then, uh, and then they send him back to where we're going to, you know, bury him and do the funeral and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, so um, luckily, and, you know, I, I think, you know, you should be an organ donor. I think it's a good thing. And I guess the big question is really funny because every, the big question for organ donors is like, I want to have an open casket funeral. And it's like, and the answer is you still can. Uh, they're going to take out your organs and I guess where the scars are. Uh, you should have clothes on, you know, you want to be buried with clothes on. I don't think you want an open casket funeral of you naked, you know. Uh, so that, that's also an encouragement to everyone who can be an organ donor um, because you can still have an open casket funeral. They just take out the organs, stuff you, and then the scars won't be seen. That's just uh, my dad. Luckily, my dad was able to give that sample out, and so you should too. Um, another thing uh, people keep asking me, they're like, how are you doing? And... I accidentally said that to someone at a funeral once, and I think about that all the time when I'm trying to fall asleep because it was super cringe. And uh, people keep asking me that, and I'm like, I don't know how I'm supposed to fucking answer that question. You're like, oh, my dad's dying. I'm watching my dad die right now. Thanks for asking. Um, but I have been getting a lot of messages uh, besides that. And I also do want to say, though, like, um, you know, I've been getting a lot of messages from people I don't know, people I've lost touch with. Um, you know, people, you know, maybe I've fallen out with and stuff like that, but, uh, thank you everyone who's been sending me messages. I, I really appreciate it. Um, if I reply to you, um, I may be doing something that doesn't sound super sincere. Uh, but no, I am sincere. I just, you know, uh, it's, it's a little difficult to try and, you know, talk about your fucking dead dad right now. Um, you know, when you, you learned on a Monday that he's going to die and then on Thursday he does die. Um, it was a little bit rough. We thought he just had a minor stroke, and then he just ended up uh, dying from it. Um, uh, so I, you know, I put all the recordings I did. I talked about it. You know, I put it on a one podcast, uh, and I know he consented to me airing all this. Um, so you can go check it on YouTube or whatever, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. There is one story he did tell me um, that did not make it onto any podcast, which I was hoping he would tell me one day. Uh, basically, the story was that uh, a kid, when he was in elementary school, a kid stole stationery from, uh, like, the school, and uh, he wrote a letter to my dad's parents, my grandparents, that he was expelled and what he did and whatever. And so, obviously, my grandparents get that, and you're like, what the hell are you doing? And my dad's like, no, I'm not expelled. And he looked at the letter, and he knew it was, like, his friend's handwriting. Like, look at the letter. Uh, there's a lot of misspelling in that letter. You need to believe me. And he was like, call the school. Call the school right now to get an explanation. Because no, and in my mind, I'm like, no kid who's getting expelled is telling their parents, 
call the school. And like, because if you calling the school, it would be like, things are going to get about a lot worse for you. Uh, so I always thought that was a really funny story, just how a kid basically kind of got away with that. Um, but I guess talking about like the day my dad died, like, uh, you know, he, um, so in his will, he requested to not be on life support anymore, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. A lot of people don't want that. Uh, still is not in a good decision for the family members, but like at the same time, you have to realize I'm like, well, in like on that life support, you know, it's like not really living, you know, and you know, you just, you know, it's best to just follow the wishes of someone like, it's not easy, but like also like they're not really there anymore. So like we pull his life support and let's, let's remind you that my dad was a track star, uh, in his heyday. Um, so if you don't know, my dad ran long distances really well and he could do like 20 miles or whatever. And to do 20 miles, you kind of, it's not like how fast you can run. It's like how well you can keep up with it. My mom did short distances really fast. Um, so forget my dad's a marathon runner. And so we, we pull the plug and, uh, like seven hours later, he's still living. And so like me and my brother decided to go home, get a night's sleep, wake up the next day. We're like, Oh, his oxygen's going bad. So like we rushed to the hospital, which is an hour and a half away. Thank you. They live in nowhere, Missouri. We luckily made it in time. Like we think he knew kind of, uh, what he was, what was going on and everything like that. So that was a nice thing. Um, but, uh, like, he wasn't talking on his deathbed. We were like, oh, you get to meet, you know, my brother slash sister, Chris, who my parents had a miscarriage uh, before my older brother was born. And so you get to meet them. So you got to meet my my grandma, my mom's mom, because my mom's mom died when she was 14. So, like, you get to meet my mom. You get to, meet gra- you get to see grandma again. You get to see my grandpa, all my grandparents again. And you get to see my brother, my dad's brother, E.G., who died of AIDS in the 90s, which you know what the situation was. Um, so it was like, it was very, it was a very nice moment when he passed. Me and my brother were there. My mom was there. So we were surrounded by close family, uh, which was really good. Doesn't make it easier. Um, uh, like I told you, nothing prepares you for the death of your parents. That's just how it, how it's going to be, uh, for all of you. That's rough, buddy. Um, but yeah, though, um, yeah, though, uh, my dad loved talking. He, he loved, he hated Wheel of Fortune. (laughs) Uh, which was sad because he loved the local news and uh, the local news would play at an end and the Wheel of Fortune would begin. So kind of unfortunate for him. But, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, um, as I end this segment, all I want to say is I hope we remember my dad well. Um, you know, I'm going to be, you know, he's going to be in my mind the rest of my life. I'm going to miss, you know, I'm holding it together pretty well, but I'm going to miss talking to him about you know, my dad saw every Star Wars movie in theaters, and then when they posted Disney Plus shows, like he saw, he's seen all of those. So uh, the Luke, uh, no, no, the Obi Wan Kenobi show that he was looking forward to, it's going to be coming up in May. Or uh, come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Coming out, and come, better believe I'm coming up in May. Uh, you know, he's gonna, he's not gonna be able to see that. You know, I mean, I'm obviously watching. I love Star Wars. My dad has seen, he watched a New Hope in theaters and he was in the front row and he had to like look up so awkwardly to see that roll, that, that big scroll and everything. Like he saw every Star Wars project. I'm pretty sure he's seen, like movie wise, he's seen every project. The only thing he hasn't watched is like the Clone Wars, like cartoon series. 
And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that guy. He became an old man the moment I was born. <laughs> and uh, he was like 35 when I was born. And like he decided, like, I'm going to be an old man now. <laughs> <laughs> like the moment I was born, it's when you decided to. So I'm gonna miss my dad, and uh, you know I'm. I hopefully I know this is gonna be like a highlight, and uh, all my dad's friends are always telling me stories about him, and uh, you know I'm I'm gonna miss that guy, and I'm I'm gonna miss you know miss your dad, and, you know it's like you know I lived away from him for so long, and you're like oh if I just want to talk to him, I just send him a text or give him a call, you know, but you know now you like you know wherever I go, it's like I don't have that opportunity anymore and uh i don't know nothing really fresh for that but i'm so blessed i have three hours of recording with him uh i digitized my all our baby movies or whatever like when we all the vhs tapes i digitized for my parents and uh yeah you know um nothing's gonna replace them nothing nothing at all will replace my dad and uh and that's, you know, that's just, uh, that's a fact of life. Uh, you can't replace people. That's, that's the problem. You, uh, you really, you're, I'm kind of just rambling right now. I think I finished all my notes, but, uh, you know, you can't, you can't replace your father, even if you hate him or not. But, uh, I don't know. I'll miss my dad, you know? And now you think about like the, you know, when someone passed away, like, you know, you know, the flaws of someone and you, and I'll always complain about my dad's flaws. That's that's not gonna problem. That's a great way to keep him alive, just to talk about my dad's flaws. Uh, uh, you know. White people, white people. Uh, but you know, nothing, nothing really can replace your dad. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, even if you hate your your parents, you know, like I I hear about people who had just rough relationship with their parents. Their parent, that parent dies, and then you're like, it's it's still rough, you know, and I'm lucky, you know, it's like, dad was hard on me, and then my mom was like, sorry, he was hard on you, he just cared about you, and my brother was like, oh, he wasn't hard on me, I'm like, well, shit, he was hard on me, but, you know, can't replace the guy, you know, uh, he died a day before his birthday, and, uh, his birthday April 14th, birthday April 15th, and I always try to remember his birthday by letting everyone know to not tape over uh, their wedding VHS with a football game. Uh, that's what dad would have wanted, even though, uh, no one uses cassette tapes anymore, but you also shouldn't tape over your wedding tape or whatever. I don't know. It's nice, you know. Um, you know, I wish my dad was still here, but, uh, you know, it's nice hearing from other people, hearing kind words, and you get a, you know, I get to talk to my dad's friends and, like, hear them, like, tell stories about him. Like, I didn't know he was, like, this normal of a person. And, like, I guess, like, a month or two before he died, like, I didn't know if he ever drank alcohol before, which, you know, was, like, on brand for what I do. Uh, he was, like, he told me, he's, like, I guess uh, Piano Man by Billy Joel came on the radio. And I told him, like, yeah, there's this YouTube video of, like, basically someone timed it out perfectly where Billy Joel says, it's nine o'clock on Saturday. And like the timing was like perfect or whatever with the recording. And then he told me like the story's like, yeah, one time I was over 21. I guess I was drinking a little bit at a party and I guess I drank too much. So I had to call your, your grandpa and we were like, Hey, I drank a little too much. I'm going to sleep this off and come home. 
And girl was like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> you know, like that's the, you know, if you drink too much, sleep it off a little bit and then come home. Uh, I know. I don't know. I'll probably be talking stories about my dad for uh, the rest of time uh, on this podcast. So uh, y'all are going to have to suffer through it if you continue to listen to it. But uh, also remember, I think I think the best way to remember someone is to continue to, you know, tell stories about them. What? Especially good stories. Don't, you know, don't tell bad stories about people. That's not a great way to remember people. But I guess I poured myself a shot for my dad. So, um, in a red solo cup. So, um, here's to Papa Schweg. Um, usually my toast is, here's to feeling good all the, (laughs) here's to feeling good all the time. But, uh, here's to Papa Schweg. Uh, May his memory live in all of us forever and ever and ever. And uh, may us not forget the impact he's made on all of our lives. For those who don't know him, those who just listen to stories of him, for those who've heard stories of him, and for those who actually got to know him. I guess uh, the Earth is billions and billions of years old, and we all get to live at the same time as Tim Schwegler, better known on this podcast only, that's Papa Schweg. So let's take a drink to that. When an enemy shoots at you, you pull out your Captain America shield. When Doc Ock attacks you on a bridge, you control the nanobots from your iron spider suit to control his arms. So why are you allowing all these websites to store your credit card information? The solution to that is today's sponsor, Privacy. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for any service with a free trial that requires a credit card to sign up. But wait, there's more. By using our link in the description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money that you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Anything can be delivered to you these days. Beds, bananas, bricks, and even boxes of beans. But what about alcohol? Yes, even alcohol can be delivered to you thanks to today's sponsor, Drizzly. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's saying something when it is being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. 
Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allow drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. All right, and we're back. Uh, it feels like a day has passed because, uh, in my mind, it has because, uh, or in IRL, it has because I got too drunk recording this last night and I passed out. Uh, you know, you you drink to your the fa- the passing of your father too much, and uh, you're gonna pass out. But anyways, though, um, it's time for I need to adjust my volume. It's time for ask Shweezy. Uh, the segment of the show where I get the questions and I also give the answers. That's how, uh, that's how, uh, things work. And, uh, this is the type of guy you get. So yeah, let's, uh, let's just jump into it. Okay. Uh, question one, let's just, uh, let's just go full throttle. Uh, let's go full throttle. I hate it when you're like aiming for any mess. Um, Anyways, hair is looking better than yesterday, so guess where the thumbnail's gonna come from? What what part of the show the thumbnail picture's coming from? Uh, this one. Um, first question we got here. How do I hide erections? Uh. Congratulations. Uh, this is the dumbest question I've asked, but my penis rubs against my underwear sometimes, and I'll get hard. Sometimes it just happens in school. It's terrible, and I want to it to like not happen. Would wearing tighter clothes help or make it worse? If it gets hard, it gets hard, but I don't want it sticking out. So, good question because um, uh, the women listening to the show will not understand. But uh, when you're a teenage boy, you you'll just get boners randomly, and, uh, you know, um, no one prepares you for that, um, I mean, if I had kids, I'd just be like, hey, kid, hey, son, you're gonna, I don't know if you've started getting erections or not, uh, but those aren't going away, uh, and, uh, and, you know, it's, like, and, and, and women are rightly so think it's creepy if a guy just has a boner, like, you know, uh, you know, you have a boner at the wrong time, uh, you know that you know that I mean that shit happens. I mean, um, I take antidepressants, so it happens to me a little bit less. But uh, yeah, it's happened to me. I was on back in the Christian days. Uh, we were on a car ride to a worship leader retreat. Uh, Christian music right there, and uh, I I popped one in the car and had like a backpack I had to like put over me so no one would see it. Eventually, when we got out, I was able to adjust and. Uh, Make sure to get rid of it. So that I mean, I I, I saw the problem. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, the women listening, all the men here, like I understand that problem a hundred percent. I can't say men. I I would say penis owners. Penis owners is that penis havers? Maybe that's a better term. Uh, the penis havers will will testify. We're trying to be trying not to disassociate disassociate against gender. Uh, uh, be against those who are. Some women have penises, and, you know, it's 2022, let's live with it. I don't give a shit. also don't understand how people are like, trans lives are wrong. I'm like, who gives a fuck? To me, I'm like, it's like, oh, you, you, were born, um, you were born a man, and now you're a chick with a penis? I mean, it's only a problem if we're dating. I mean, and I'm like, you know, it's like nothing wrong with being attracted to a trans woman, but then it's like, 
how passionate are you about pussy? That's a that's also a good thing. Uh, anyways, back to uh, unwanted boners. Um, so I don't know how you haven't figured this out because I feel like it's something like every guy figures out on their own uh, that you try to kind of stick the erection kind of flat against your stomach. So for those, I guess those watching, so you stick your your erection flat against your stomach and you kind of let your underwear and your pants kind of hold it in place so that way uh, your erection is not noticeable. I'm surprised that you have not figured that out yet. So, But don't feel ashamed of getting boners, but yeah, you should try hide it because uh, to women, uh, to most women, I would guess like... Here's the thing. The only type of women who would probably understand is like a woman in her like late 20s, early 30s, late 20s and above. Like they would understand just random boners because they're old enough now to like understand that. But, uh, but like also by the time women get to that age and know of guys, they're not necessarily having that, that as a problem anymore. It's just your hormones, bro. Uh, it's okay. Um, yeah, so basically what you got to try to do, and, the, you know, you kind of get it in your underwear, you know, the elastic that helps keep it on. Uh, you kind of get it, like, in there. Uh, that keeps it from, you know, it keeps it from moving, it's like, at a flatter surface and stuff like that. Hold it down. Uh, that's the trick. Um, there is the question of how you adjust it, which there's no good way. Um, one strategy you can go with is kind of, uh, putting your hands in your pocket and adjusting from there. Accuracy is not as good for obvious reasons. You can't always do it by hand. If you can sneak into like a bathroom or something, but no easy. You always kind of have to go for the pockets to try and adjust things from there. Um, you know, I, I know like it's it's weird because, you know, uh, there's like guys who are like, you're giving me a boner and those guys are on a list somewhere. Um, and then there's guys who just get random erections uh, like kids your age in high school, it's just, just, you know, like, I don't know why it takes women until, like, I guess it's, I guess it's different when you're a kid and you just, like, penis havers, you know, like, they don't have a vagina, so they, that are gonna always have a little bit of a learning curve understanding the vagina, but then vagina havers are always gonna not understand how the peener works, and, uh, yada, 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 and stuff like that, so, um, I hope that answers your question a little bit, uh, adjust it to get in the waistband and uh hope things work out when you get older it's gonna go a lot less if you're depressed you can get on antidepressants and that will help it a lot so uh just giving you some options there to uh help out your situation next question we have here when did the word suicide change to unalive in written media i have noticed the change recently in multiple online settings and have no idea what prompted the change i have no issue with the change of the term at all i'm just curious what happens where everyone started to refer to it as unalive i've been um yeah i almost read this next question um uh so the main reason why um uh, is i think the main reason why people have changed it is because, um, obviously, YouTube, you know, how has, like, bots and stuff like that, um, you know, to, because, you know, it's just, you know, mainly YouTube, YouTube is a platform, TikTok is a platform, I've seen it on both of those, I don't know what other platforms, Twitter is just a fucking, uh, nightmare, um, but, uh, given what your, your statement here, the reason is they kind of have bots that kind of, like, check through content to see, if it's friendly or not, and kind of judge, like, is this appropriate content? Is this good content? You should be 
uh, posting about because uh, there's a lot of assholes out there who also make content. And uh, kind of what we don't really realize with that is they post really bad content. But a lot of times, you know, I know, was it, uh, I think her name's Katie Morton. She has a YouTube channel. She's like, she's like a regist- uh, registered therapist. I think she had, she's, is she a doctor? She had that doctorate? I don't know. Her name's Katie Morton. Doctor, maybe. Uh, I would not be surprised. Uh, but she, you know, uh, she talks about mental health a lot and stuff, too. And, like, that's the appropriate setting. And then there's people probably, like, Leafy, who would be like, you should commit suicide. And so, you know, just you just have assholes like that. And so, and then everything in between. Uh, so, I think YouTube kind of flags when, like, someone says the word suicide. Uh, because it could be in a negative connotation. Even though, like, at some points it could be... Uh, very say like you you think about committing suicide don't you know someone could be that but then someone could be saying it bad and you know when stuff like that happens you kind of have to aim towards the worst you can't really aim towards everyone being the best versions or good people you know it's it's uh uh it kind of the world kind of sucked people people are kind of shitty uh that's the lesson of this episode people are kind of shitty and uh no one prepares you for your dad dying <laughs> That's, those are the lessons of this episode. Um, but the reason why they changed on the live is I think bots and uh, algorithms and stuff like that do kind of like check on words being used um, in, you know, videos and podcast like happens on podcast uh, and stuff like that. I was talking, I think I talked about uh, Family by the Ton, which is, you know, a family of fat people all working to get gastric bypass surgery. Um, I was talking about that. Uh, we had a highlight of it on YouTube, and YouTube took it down because it was bullying. Uh, and, you know, I appealed, I went to try to appeal it, and I was like, hey, uh, I'm not bullying anyone here. I'm just pointing out some funny things in the show. And they accepted the appeal. But then somehow the full episode of that podcast got reported, and like, I, I appealed it. And I'm like, hey, I made this into a highlight, and it was appealed. So, therefore, it's the same thing. It's just trimmed down, and it's so. Uh, so whatever episode that is, I'm sorry for the YouTube uh, watch slash listeners, but that one's blocked, uh, and I do apologize for that. Um, but yeah, it's mainly to say on alive is to get past uh, like bot algorithm sensors to make sure that uh, you know because suicide because there are a bunch of assholes out there. Uh, I mean, like you should commit suicide. And not actually helpful, you know, and, and like on TikTok and stuff like that. It's just people telling stories. Like one time I wanted to unalive myself or they're telling a history fact. Like this guy unalived himself because they say suicide or like he committed suicide. Like they'll get flagged and their videos get blocked and or they could have even more worse things happen to their, their channel or anything like that. So that's mainly the reason why uh, that is the situation. Uh, and why people use the word unalive and says suicide on the internet. But I'm not scared to say that shit, because I'm, I'm, I'm a real person, I was, I'm a real man, but apparently I was like, maybe that's offensive, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going in my mind, uh, anyways, let's move on, um, I have been unable to poop for the last three or four days, I feel like I can't at all, the earliest I could get into see a gastro and enterologist is August, at what point should I go to the emergency room, um, so he, here's the thing with poop, and I've you know I've I've done a lot of research on poop, and by done a lot of research I mean I have listened to a couple podcasts, and uh, and, and it's really funny because I had some like really pale poops the other day. I'm like, why is this kind of like uh, 
really, like, it's just really pale colored poops the other day. And apparently it's probably food coloring or some bullshit like that. Um, green poop, you know, it's just food coloring in the system going out. Uh, and stuff like that. Uh, the only time, like, really, uh, color-wise, I think you need to be concerned with your poop is if it's, a, like, some form of the color red, uh, because that means it's blood. You only really have to make sure, like, you're not, like, it's not blood. Like, that's the big thing with poop. You just gotta make sure that it's not blood. Um, so, but you're talking about constipation. Now, I don't know if you've taken a stool softener or a laxative or some something similar to those regards, um, that would be my first, uh, that would be my first option. Like, I tried to, I guess you, you might not be in the United States, so, in the United States, we go through all the options we can do ourselves before going, uh, to the hospital, and, uh, well, you said, at what point should I go to, I mean, you might be in America, um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, if you have, you not, have, have you tried, I mean, take, uh, you probably, one thing, you need to have, uh, you should take fiber, any form of fiber capsules like a uh, psyllium husk, or if I hopefully I said that right, um, or just Metamucil, something like that. Take that. You should probably start taking that every day if this is the problem. Uh, take a laxative, you know, laxative easy, except for the one time I was kind of clogged up and the lady at Walgreens kind of gave me a dirty look. I'm like, look, he, I'm here. This <laughs> Don't judge me on my problems. Uh, I thought retail workers aren't supposed to care about shit like this. Like, they don't give a shit. Uh, anyways, uh, though, uh, three to four days. Like, yeah, if you've tried all the options you can do yourself, yeah, you should probably go to the emergency room. I think at that point in in the process uh, with the emergency room, they're going to give you some super heavy shit. Um, water is also a good thing. I heard apparently water helps you poop. Um I think it's just I think it's just the the water industry, <laughs> the water industry. Though like humans need water to survive, the water industry. What? Uh, telling you that, uh, telling you to drink more water. Um, but no, I I think honestly though you say you've been unable to poop, but however you haven't mentioned pain in regards to that. So always the big concern uh, from what I've learned with in regards to your bowel movements is. Is there pain? Because I mean, you know, I have one friend who, like, he doesn't he doesn't poop very often, and I've heard of other people who don't do that. And I think the the big concern they have with it is, are you in any pain? Because a lot of times, because uh, mainly um, that's mainly just our whole body is always telling us that uh, if you're feeling pain, uh, that means there's something wrong. It's just sending that's your body sending a signal to your brain, like, hey, this hurts. Do something about it. It's just you know, it's just how the brain works. So if you're having a lot of pain, um, and at this point it doesn't look like anything's coming out, you should probably go to the emergency room. However, we did, we did, uh, I did put these questions up two, like two weeks ago, um, when we had to cancel the episode. Uh, so therefore, um, you may have given birth to this log. So with that, I congratulate you on everything. Uh, 
Is it really common for Americans to split the bill evenly? I'm from Europe, and I have never seen anyone split the bill evenly. Everybody pays for what they owe, plus some tip, maybe. Sure, if it's a friend's gathering, it's not super strict, and someone might put a bigger tip while everyone is missing, like, $1 to cover their part. But everyone is expected to pay for specifically what they've eaten. I read a ton of stories about people splitting the bill evenly and having sparks fly out because some someone just didn't eat that much. What is the reason for this behavior, and is it only common in the U.S.? Um... So, I don't think this is necessarily as common as it used to be. Like, most restaurants know. Like, is everyone together? Do we need to split everything? And stuff like that. And most restaurants are pretty good at that. I think a lot of it comes back to uh, before when everything was paid in cash and it was just, e I think it was easier to split that way and they just round it up or whatever and stuff like that. I think it comes from a time with that. But I've heard some people be like, okay, we're all going to split everything, the whole check evenly. And... I, you know, just being honest, I would have, uh, I would have a problem fucking doing that. White people, white people. Wrong. Pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. Yeah, I would have a problem with that because I don't know what I eat. Sometimes I eat way more. Um, a lot of times I like to, uh, I've been doing a very bad thing. It's a, it's for our, our, the fat community listening today, uh, where you get like a main meal and then you get something on the side as well. Uh, which cannot be good for your health. Like, if you go out and you're like, oh, I'm going to get this and uh, mozzarella sticks as well. Um, uh, stuff like that. So I, in most cases, like this. But sometimes I'm like, uh, like, you know, sometimes I go out with friends I eat already and, like, I have to meet them halfway through with the end of it. And then I'm like, I'm just going to get a couple drinks. And it's like, uh, if I had to, we had to split everything evenly, I'd be paying more for my drinks than they're actually probably worth. So, um, you know, you know, a lot of things with that. Um um, well, yeah, this situation is, like, everyone's what's evenly, and, yeah, I would say it only made sense back when you only can pay in cash, but with, uh, yeah, now, I don't think, I would say no, that is not the thing, I've never heard of anyone being like, you yeah, know, it's all split the bill evenly, someone's be like, I only had, like, a $2 soup, why am I gonna pay $15 or whatever, you know, and it, it's just, you know, it, it's kind of disrespectful, and someone's like, I want a pig out tonight, um, yeah, if you're doing this and you're with a fat person and you're not the fat person, yeah, don't do not do this. That's just um, some advice from old daddy. Uh, number five, why do people hate dry weddings so much? Multiple members of my family have problems with alcohol, so I grew up going to weddings with no liquor. Now that I am an adult, I hear nothing but complaints about dry weddings. But why? Why do people care that much? So one thing I would have to say... Um, you know, I, I get your family having a lot of dry weddings, but the thing, the thing with weddings is weddings kind of suck and, uh, you know, and they don't suck when you put alcohol in your system. I didn't realize this when I was in high school, uh, super Christian, super Christian guy, uh, even the date, even the girl I went to prom with, like her dad was like a pastor or something like that. And i I just told him like, I'm not, we're not going to be grinding or whatever. <laughs> some bullshit like that, she was, she was okay with it, like, I, she wouldn't have been a big fan of it, or, or whatever, but, uh, uh, she, she's a very nice woman, so, uh, I think she's, did I, I think I saw her, she got engaged on Facebook, um, anyways, so she's very nice, she's a very nice woman, um, and, uh, you know, stuff like that, and then you went, and you're like, you know, this was fun, but, like, I've had better times, and then I started drinking, and then I, then I learned, that people would get drunk before prom, and I'm like, 
So this is why people like prom so much. That makes a lot of sense. Because I don't think anyone like tried to spike the school punch. Because that's just like a uh, bad aim. I think people would just get drunk beforehand and then come in. Maybe have some uh, some stuff they'd sneak in or whatever. Um, it's like that. It, it's the reason why people like booze so much at at events is because it makes them a little bit more fun everyone gets a little bit looser some people drink too much like me and (laughs) i'm getting better folks calm your tits um but yeah i I just you know i think the main message is uh weddings kind of suck and when you put alcohol in your system uh weddings don't suck anymore it's like prom prom sober sucks but prom with alcohol in your system Sounds like a lot of fun, but I'm also 28 now, so I don't get to, I can't, I can't drink and go to prom. I'd probably get arrested though. That's the, that's the main problem, uh, with all that. So, um, yeah, that's why, that's why people need to drink at your wedding. And also maybe your wedding sucks and maybe have more fun and stop being so Christian. As a man who isn't attracted to women, how can I let straight men know I'm not competing with them for women? I don't give off I'm not attracted to women vibes. Uh, You wouldn't notice my lack of interest and attention in women unless you knew me well enough. A lot of men would get uncomfortable if I automatically introduced myself as aromantic asexual. How can I identify as aromantic asexual and successfully get them to believe it without making anyone uncomfortable? I've never had anyone fight me over a woman, but some straight men have been hostile towards me because women seem to pay more attention to me and enjoy my company more than theirs. This is why i avoid women in the bars while i'm hanging out with my friends okay you didn't say you're gay you're saying i'm who is an attractive woman a romantic asexual okay um initially reading that title of whatever you're trying to say uh my mindset goes to um maybe act more gay that's that the um that would be the answer i do um and to be honest people think i'm gay all the time and to be honest, I don't help myself by f- probably flirting with men more than I do women, and I'm like, and I'm, and if you didn't know, I'm passionate about the pussy. Um, yeah. So, um, what? What? I mean, I mean the the suggestion I give you, um, because because uh, you're because you're not gay, and so uh, the only other vibe I can give you, you're like a romantic asexual. Um, the the only other vibe I no one's gonna guess you're asexual, um, unless you have a bowl cut. They probably will, because grown men with bowl cuts uh, give off asexual vibes. I'm sorry to all the grown men with bowl cuts out there, but you grown men with bowl cuts give off asexual vibes. Sorry, life. No one told you life was gonna be this way. Um. So. Uh, maybe try to come across as gay, uh, to them. Uh, that'd be the only thing, or just, I guess, maybe grow bowl cut. I guess that's the other solution, uh, to the situation. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's, like, the only thing I'd really do. Like, I don't know, you know, when you're gay, I'd just be like, act more gay. Um, but, like, when you're asexual, like, I guess that's all, that's kind of a difficult question to answer. Um, what I would do, I mean... Um, I guess when, you know, I have, like, friends who are women, you know, and then you meet their boyfriends for the first time or whatever, and, like, you also don't have, like, any, like, need to want to try to, like, get with them or whatever, you know, 
Uh, so you got to let them know. what. So what I do in those situations, just as a, uh, a, a cis male, as, as the haters, a.k.a. Uh, gender-studied majors call me, uh, um, uh, I guess I, I always try uh, to give off the vibe that I'm not a threat to him. And uh, maybe it's just start hitting on men a little bit more. Uh, I mean, you're aromant- I mean, you're aromantic asexual, so, like, it, at the end of it all, with consent, you don't have to fuck anyone. Maybe just start hitting on men more. I think that's the only answer I can really give, because I always hit on, like, the boyfriends when, <laughs> when they're kind of like, uh, don't know my girlfriends, and shit like that. I'm like, I, and then I just start hitting on the guy. And, uh, how am I not gay, you may be asking. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know how. I think God probably designed a gay man or a trans woman and messed up too much. And now it's a, a straight man who probably was supposed to be gay or trans. Uh, so anyways, let's move on to our last question. What does someone who's autistic look like to you? I've been diagnosed with ASD and don't really understand how that makes me different from a normal person. Just curious as to how people perceive autism. I don't care if your answer is offensive or not. Rather, honest over something like DW, you're normal. Okay. Um, so, yeah, autism, uh, for those who don't know. What? I guess is, <laughs> um, it comes, it's on a spectrum. And so, you meet people who are a little autistic, probably me. Probably all my friends. We're all probably a little autistic. Uh, then you have people who have very severe autism, where it's hard for them to function in normal society. Uh, you know, um, you know, it, it, autism is so. Because uh, you hear like autism and Down syndrome are the well, are two of the big ones, and uh, um, honestly, Down you know Down syndrome isn't bad. You know, unless it you know a lot of people with Down syndrome do have autism uh, and stuff like that. Um, how I perceive someone who's autistic um i mean there's like like i said there, the autism is a spectrum so like you know you meet some people there's like there's this guy on tiktok i've been i've been seeing positively awesome isaac i think is his name he seems like a really lovely guy i guess he has autism but like he seems like a really lovely guy he seems like he's fun to hang out with he likes going to he goes to disney world he gets he gets sent on all these adventures and stuff like that by his family or friends and they're like, oh, it was lovely. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, he's just a very nice guy. Um, really, the thing with autism, I guess, if we're going to go with, um, if you're going to tell me, how do you imagine someone with autism? A lot of us are going to think of the extreme and the worst of autism. Just someone who can't function uh, is someone you have to deal with because they're family, but you don't want to be around them. Uh, similar to that. That's going to be, like, the worst situation of it. But, like, I also have to understand that autism is so different. And uh, I'm going to be honest. I've pulled up the do I have autism test and answer a few questions, and I've never finished. I'm a little too scared to know the answer. And as we all should be, we should all be a little scared. If we're, we all made it to adulthood and don't know if we're autistic or not, um, we... <sighs> The answer is scary. Uh, the answer is scary to all of us. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's the best we can do today. What? Okay, so thank you. I guess we're ending the episode today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cancel Sweezy. Uh, means a lot. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to me ramble about my dad and I had to start over the next day. 
uh, after a bunch of shit. So, you know, thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Make sure you follow me over on social media, uh, at the Shweezy, and that's everywhere. You can also see my music under Shweezy as well. Uh, go check out our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash the Shweezy. No new streams this week. I hopefully plan to be back next week with all new streams, all new, all new fun. So much to do, so much to see. Uh, if you have an Amazon Prime account, connect it to your Twitch account. Uh, you get a Twitch Prime, one free sub, which is typically a $5 deal um, that you get for free. And you can help support creators over on Twitch like me uh, without spending extra money and taking money away from Jeff Bezos as well. Uh, you can always support us on Patreon as well. Uh, it's a great way to say thank you for being a friend, helping us out with everything that we do, me especially. Uh, but don't forget all the free shit you can do if you're on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe uh, to the show as well. Uh, if you see a highlight you do like and want to share it with a friend, please go ahead, share that with every single friend you have, grandma, grandpa, even if it's too inappropriate. Uh, and leave us a comment and like on those videos as well. Uh, if you're on our audio-only platforms, make sure you can still share the show uh, and leave a review and a five-star rating. Those are great ways uh, to help us infiltrate algorithms, as we always like to do. Um, so let's end the show like we always do. And I always have to say, when I say honky vila butt drugs, that's for all of you in your vehicles who commute to a job or whatever on your daily commute and listen to the show. When I say honk if you love butt drugs, you have to honk your horn. So let's end the show. Honk if you love butt drugs and stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg is in at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Hey, you just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. Thank you so much. Wherever you are listening or watching this show, make sure you smash that subscribe button that we can get notified anytime we release new episodes. And uh, like I said before, honk if you love butt drugs and uh, stay awesome.